0: Tonight's one of those nights that I have a desire and that when we get to the conclusion, we always love to have altar calls at this church. We try to have them every Sunday. Very few times I think we've missed. Uh, But this time I, I hope as the message takes form and shape and as it concludes that you'll come more with an attitude of taking authority in prayer and that you'll come maybe because if we just have an altar call, I know what we're like. We're like creatures of comfort. We'll just go to our little place like we always do. And, but this time, I kind of want you to just stand and worship God and cry out to God. Make yourself cry out to God. Because remember, last week I said, Look, last Sunday night, in fact, I think it was, brought out the scripture where Paul said, You know, I don't know anything in my language. He said, I, I don't know anything except Christ and Him crucified. Remember that? Well, that's kind of where I'm at again tonight. You know, and, and pastors like to do series and all they name their series. Well, I guess my series is I Don't Know Anything. And I, and I say that really in not trying to be funny. I know it sounds funny and not trying to be false uh, in humility. I mean, it's, the longer I serve God, I'm going, Sheesh. man, God. And so I'm kind of like going back Uh, not regressing in my walk, but maybe just going back and say, simply said, God, you said that in there, and that's all. I'm not going to dissect it. I'm not going to read on who says what about this. We're just going to do it. And so that's what I'm hoping that you will catch, the flavor and then the stirring, and then just do it. I don't care if you tried it before and you fell off the bike, get back up, right? Just get back up and start pedaling again and we'll see what God has for us as we just do it. Let's just do it. Troy, would you take us before the Lord, please? And I kind of got a, uh, uh, I didn't kind of, I got a text that kind of confirms what I was uh, planning on saying, speaking on tonight. It came from Pastor Bender. And it came late in the day. And those of you that prayed with me last night, we actually started praying, and I forgot, and I, I kind of interrupted everybody praying and apologized and said, but i got to read this text to you. And most of you know Pastor George Bender, who's a retired minister, uh, my pastor. He says, please pray for us. Our church is dying. It's kind of sad words. He says, we really don't know what to do. Uh, he says, we need guidance. And... Those are words I don't expect to come out of Pastor Bender, but his heart's just broken. And so I brought that up to the men, you men that prayed with me. And I told him afterwards, I sent this to him just a few minutes after we prayed, and I said, we just spent the last hour praying for you in the church, the men that I meet at 730 at night, because that would remind him, because he would come and pray with us at 730 at night when he's here. So he said, thank you and tell the men, thank you so much. So I'm doing that now, but here's what he said today. Uh, he said, there was a real change today, a long way to go, thanks for the prayers. What if we didn't pray? I mean, really, what if we... I almost didn't because I thought how rude it is to interrupt these guys. We just started praying, and, but I thought, no, nah, I just got to. And so he writes back, there was a real change today, a long way to go, thanks for prayer prayer works. It works, and we treat it like it does not. And so, 1 John 3, 8. Again, listen, this is about you and I. It says, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. It's not just getting to heaven. You know, just, it's not just escaping hell. It's it's doing something for God, and God says, "I'm going to come and walk amongst my people. I'm going to manifest myself to them and show them that we can destroy the works of evil. And that's just what that little group did last night when we're uh, 200 miles away and we're just praying and already receive a a text of possibly some things changing." One Corinthians two sixteen says, "For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him?" <coughs> A question. Who the heck can know the mind of God? Well, look what it says after that. But we have the mind of Christ. You and I should have the mind of Christ. And that word mind means understanding. In other words, we should have the understanding of Christ, understanding that He came here more for a purpose than just bringing us to heaven. (coughs) Excuse me. That we might destroy the works of the devil. That we might have opportunity to tear down that which the enemy is building up in people's lives. <coughs> I didn't have a cough for weeks, and now I got one, so guess where that's all about? No, I can't do that. <laughs> I'll be spitting my halls out there about four rows back. Sorry. Luke ten nineteen says this. Look, look what it says now. Remember what I said? We're not going to do nothing but read the word. Behold, I give you power. I don't care what you feel like. I don't care if you can't do one push-up, a half of a spiritual push-up. God said, I give you power. And this is where I am again, just simply trusting God, trusting the word of God. That's what it says. All my yeah buts don't change a thing. All my failures doesn't change a thing. God said through Luke, behold, pay attention, heads up, I give you power. And there's a reason for this power, to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. God says, I'm giving you power, and for this reason... As the enemy's out and about building his forts for destruction, I'm giving you power that you can walk on them and pull them down. You power. You and I, tonight, now, in this service, you already have, you're sitting on this power. And you need to get up off of this power and put faith to it and go to God when we take that time. In fact, we might even end a little shorter here so we can go before God and start crying out. Like we should. Like many of you know how to do. But you don't. The enemy keeps constantly trying to throw cold water on our prayers. Discouragement, distractions, coughs that come from nowhere, phone calls that come when you want to do something for God at home and you're going to really get alone with God. Knocks at the door. Anything to prevent you from seeking God because the enemy doesn't need to be convinced that God gave you power. He knows it. And trembles, the Bible says. So God says, I give you power. That means I give you the ability to roll, to roll. Hey, we are the heads here and not the tail? Right now, even in the midst of the chaos that our nation is in and the foolishness that seems like the church is in, this scripture still barks out today. God said, I give you power. Don't sit there and start running through your mind. You have a about all this, what about... Just sit. look what the Word says. I give you power. And God didn't say if you're a weak-kneed Christian, you don't get any. If you're a million mouthed Christian, you don't get any. If you're a once-in-a-blue-moon service Christian, God said, I give you power. If you have enough, to f- enough faith to move those feet come to an altar and cry out to God, that power just might kick in. <clears throat> that word means to roll. That means clout. You have clout. Well, I don't, I don't know anybody. You have clout. You are known of God and known of God, and you should know God. That's clout. When you come down here, you have Clout. No one else can walk in. If a a heathen walks into the presence of God up there in heaven, he's going to be a big ash heap. You can walk in, but as you're covered with the blood, you have power with God. My son, who are you? you got power when you walk in. And in heaven and in a sweet by and by, that will be great, but we're talking about right now. We have issues that we should be gathering together and crying out to God with constantly. The answer's up to God. When and where and how's not me? Up to God. God says he gives us all authority to command. We're commanders. I command this in the name of Christ. This is what God has given us, and I think the church There's there's so many things we don't get as the church. But you need to just start walking in faith. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when you come down here and you bark out to God and you don't see it, so what? New Living Translation reads, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them and nothing will injure you. The problem is we're afraid. Who wants to walk among snakes and scorpions? Someone just mentioned today, if uh, someone screams out spider, all the men faint. (laughs) And now we're going to walk among, yes, because this is going to be a supernatural strength and a supernatural courage that comes and only comes from God. And you're gonna look at that person, you're gonna say, Aren't you the one that faints if someone yells spider? You'll say, Yeah, I am. <laughs> this is God. God's doing this. So a lot of times I think we're just chicken, and a lot of times we're afraid because really it comes down to you don't trust God. Like I'm telling you right now, the Bible says, God says, Christ said, because he's the word, he said, I give you power. (laughs) It's it's the same reaction we get when we go to prayer. Amen, hallelujah. Yeah, that's right. So kind of in essence right now, people are in the balance that you should be crying out for right now. But right now there's a war going on. It's it's the prince of darkness versus the prince of peace. And it's raging, the war is raging in your mind to keep you from your heart getting this and your mouth reacting. Lord, thou son of David. What did the Lord do? Bring that guy to me. He heard something. He felt something in his voice. I mean, look what we do as people. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he said, okay, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be. We ruined that verse with traditional repetition, blah. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Everybody knows that. It means nothing to us. To get a hold of God. To call upon God. God, Pastor Bender's church is dying. Move, Lord. Whoever they are, this pastor being tortured and our foolish government doing nothing. Well, where's the people of God? Forget Barak. What about you? You going before God and saying, "God." Luke nine one. Then he called his disciples or his twelve disciples here together, and he and he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. I am a disciple of Christ. I want not the original twelve, obviously, but I'm one of the disciples. A disciple is a student. A follower of Christ, not a churchgoer. And God says, If you will be my disciple, I'm going to give you power and authority over devils and to cure diseases. There are devils running around that we need to have power over them. God says, I'll give it to you. It's in me now. It's in me. The power. I could call anybody that's here as a true believer and bring you up here and say, It's in her. It's in us as believers, true believers. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Well, uh, be quiet. Don't talk. I think one of the smartest things God ever did when ever facing Jericho, what did he tell them? Shut up. Don't talk. Because if Bruce and I and Ed would have been talking and Daryl, we'd be going, My, 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 there's some big walls. And Bruce, Oh boy, do you know how thick they are? We'd have talked ourselves right out of it. I don't care how long you've been praying. He called them together and he said, I give you power, authority over all devils and to cure diseases. We are to preach the kingdom you know what it means to preach? It simply means to proclaim, to tell others. It doesn't mean tie pulpit and building. It really doesn't. It's to proclaim and to to tell others. The announcing of the good news. You can be running a lathe or something at work and be telling somebody about Christ the other day at church, but it was awesome, the the preacher spoke on, that's preaching giving good news, trusting that that word which it says has the power to him to become a son of God as you speak that word to him. Some of the best and most effective preaching never happens inside a church. Hardly ever happens. It happens when you are on -on one-on-one telling somebody about the things of God. Because you could speak in the authority of Christ in that word of God, and God will anoint that word. And I don't care if you're stumbling, bumbling, um, yeah, in, um, it says in the Bible, and you finally get it out somehow, boom! You don't have to be a slick talker. It means to heal the sick. It's what it says, it's what it means. God wants to use his disciples, you and I, to bring healing. God wants to do more than just save souls. He wants to minister to the entire body. And I don't know why some do and some get it. I don't know. And I don't care to know. I'm not supposed to know. All it says is, in the beginning, God. And I go, I believe that. I don't say, what do you mean, God? Where'd you come? Who was God before you? Was God one before you? How dumb. All it does is sit, sit us down in our reasoning and set, keeps us from walking in the power of God. I don't know. All I know is the captain of the host says, pray for them. And I'm going to go, yes, sir. I never talked back to a commander in a service. Never. And if he had one stripe more than me, the time I had no stripes, and the dude had one, and it was yes sir, no sir. And God says, "Do this." You say, "Yes sir," and this could be our boot camp, where we would take a bunch of us who didn't know how to march, nor wanted to march, or couldn't even stand the march, or didn't want to be in the service, and put a, take us to a drill pad and get us to march like one person. This is what this is for, to come down here and just see God as one on behalf of somebody or an issue or this or that. We got so many issues we could never leave here. But to truly make every fiber of your being concentrate and cry out, As the one beside you is and the one beside her is and the one beside him is. Prayer would be exciting. Prayer would be powerful. You'd be going, okay, pastor, be quiet so we can pray. Are you done yet so we can pray? How is it now? Prayer. It's like being told you got to do 50 jumping jacks. you got to run six miles. It's because the enemy has poisoned it and messed it up so bad in our thinking. He wants to give us power and authority over demon, demons to cure diseases. God never tells us to do something without giving us the ability and the power to do it. Never. And He's telling us that. To, well, was that just for the disciples? The 12, the original 12, I've heard that story all my Christian life. Well, that was just for those that kicked this thing off. Why? Why would it be just for them? Because in my walk and stumbling around as a little Christian, pulling my diaper up and stuff, I said, well, I read here, God says he's no respecter of persons. So if it was good for Paul, I, I, I might not be a Paul, but I'm a joe. And I need that. I need that God's no respecter of persons and that the power he gave to Paul can be for me. It's what it says in the Word. People have given up and quit Say that was just for them. So you can sit and relax and not be called on the carpet by the Word of God. Well, we don't want a church like that. Never want a church like that. God has called us. 1 John 4 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's not just a cute memory verse for your junior church children. That scripture is becoming more and more important now in our country. Greater is he. That is in me than that antichrist spirit that is moving all the people in power and authority against Christianity. Greater is he that is in me than all that. It's no longer a cute little song, BBS. It's time at this altar, remember, I mentioned this long years ago that you go lion hunting. Stop, stop closing up your shutters and doors and windows hoping the lion passes you by. Go lion hunting. Go find them. I can't remember how Pastor Z said this, but it, it struck me, and, and I, I, the, the, the Lord helped me to make a message out of it. But he was talking about... Somebody moaning about all the spiders. Well, we're on spiders again, sorry. About all the spiders and constant spider webs, spider webs, spider webs. And we lived on Dogwood Lane back then and tons of trees, and we always had spiders all over our wraparound porch, ruining it. And we're always taking the, you know, the broom and getting them down and a blowing thing trying to. And Z was bringing this out about all the spider webs. This guy across. And Z just said to him, forget the spider webs, just go kill the spider. And that's what we gotta do, we've gotta take the lion on. Not after he mauls someone half to death and we try to pour in the oil and the wine and get him back to walk. Take the lion on. Go looking for him. Ruining your your loved ones' lives. Ruining our nation. Destroying it. So James tells us, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submitting yourself is humbling yourself, lowering yourself to God or to the Word of God, which is God. Start resisting the enemy. Say, okay, that's it. You don't have all my free reign in this church. No way. We will find you. We will seek you out. The Spirit of God came upon one man and he ripped the line in shreds. Grabbed him by the hair on the chin. A lion, what are they, five, six hundred pound male lions? Grabbed him by the hair. On the, the Spirit of God came on him. And then those the, the bear that came out. You ever see the, I don't know where we were somewhere, or this bear was asleep with this big glass thing, and he was, his back, Paul was up. It was huge. It was twice my hand. We were going like this how big. Spirit of God came on somebody and he took the bear out. Lost concern about all the bullets and ammunition disappearing that the government's probably going to do something, and all the guns you got are going to be useless. Because there won't be any ammo. Just pick up a jawbone of a donkey. That's what he did. Found the here they come, thousands of them. Where's the jawbone? I mean, they're coming with their spears and maybe chariots and all their armor, and he picks up a jawbone, and he takes them out. The Six-Day War, when Egypt had so much more than Israel, tanks and planes. I can't remember how many, maybe triple the planes. And in the first two days, Israel controlled the airspace. 80% of the Egyptian planes were gone. Reports that fireballs rolled across the desert floor and nailed Egyptian tanks only. God gives power to his disciples that will dare to believe, that will have guts to get up out of a padded pew, come down here and call upon God like we should someone wants to come and tap you on the shoulder and talk about meeting them after church say please not now Ephesians 6 11 says put on the whole armor of God because we're in a stinking war full blown battle put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil what's that saying if you don't put on the whole armor you're not going to stand 12 tells us why For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is not a wrestling match. You know, you against the champion, even as silly as that might be. God says, we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against this administration. We're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, because of all this, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having your loins girt about you with truth, with the word of God. Truth is what I'm giving you now. And having on the breastplate of righteousness, living right, doing what's right. Living according to the word of God. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Look what it says next. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Some of those castle medieval movies. Sometimes they're just awesome. I mean, the whole big armies over there, and they're up behind some fort, big walls, and all of a sudden there's like four thousand guys set them arrows on fire. <laughs> And there they go. It's just unbelievable. The darts of the enemy and God says you got to have that shield of faith. I don't care in the name of Christ. Boom. It's a war. The fiery arrows are going to come. Take the helmet of salvation. Sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with prayer and supplication in the Spirit, speaking in tongues. We're beyond who doesn't like that. It's too insane. It's too crazy out there. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. It's part of your job. Praying for that pastor stead or steed over there in Iran prison somewhere. Possibly right now, they're dragging him out again. Beating with a rod. He says, And for me, the utterance, listen to this one. Paul's saying, Pray this for me, for you and I. Here's another thing you should be praying for at this altar. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. How many times we kick ourselves because we didn't say something when God opened up a door to a stranger, somebody, Walmart, anywhere, to think, man, I should have said, maybe if you would have spent time up here crying out to God, you would have. We're not bold, naturally. You know, there is a carnal boldness. We're not even talking about that. We're talking about a supernatural boldness. And sense it and see it. And you'll speak it. We as the church have failed to see the authority that God has given us. We just fail to see it even to this day, even our church. Paul says in verse 20, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, look, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You would think, what? Paul needs prayer to speak. It was just natural to him. And no, it wasn't. Remember Paul said, in much trembling, if Christ is the head, the head of what? Head of the body. That's us. So the body must be the church. And Christ is our head, our boss. Just like my head. My head right now is saying, pick up that Bible. My body responds. Put it down. Put it down. My body never goes. No, I'm still looking at it. Put it down. It's down. Check your phone. Check my phone. What time is it? 8.03. It's telling me what to do. The body. This is the church. This is our leader, Christ, the head of the body. And he goes on and tells us, oh, by the way, body, I put everything under your feet. We don't believe that. Because you see the enemy drooling, slobber, coming from his mouth, breathing, breathing, Nostrils flaring. We think he's still victorious and got the upper hand. And God says, he's under your feet. Take authority over that chump. Who was here? Remember when we did the service on, well, he's busted or gone. Remember when we did Ralphie? Who was here remembers Ralphie? We're still Ralphies. Just because we preach on something and we remember it and we kind of chuckle over it, does it make us warriors if we don't come here and cry out? God says in Ephesians 2, 6, and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He's already done that. Ephesians one twenty two says And he hath put all things under his feet, who's the head of the body, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. It's under our feet, we just don't get it or realize it. The authority, remember, turn off your head. Just say it's in the Bible. Just like Paul, Paul said, look, all I know is Christ and Him crucified. The blind man, we brought him out. Remember the blind man? He said, I don't know who he is. All I know is I was blind, now I see. I believe God responds to that stuff. Not just, well, I think. I'm tired of thinking. Thinking has wore me out. Ephesians 5.30 says, For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Did you see that? That's not a casual person. That's pretty intimate with Christ. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Look how he compares it. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife And the two shall be one flesh. God says, You and I are tight, just like husband and wife. Intimacy, become one in the act of loving. Because God says, Oh, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. That's the relationship He wants to have that close, that tight with you. You have clout. You have power in your situation, in your neighborhood, in your circumstance, in your life, in this nation. Problem is, we're like the bones in the Valley of Ezekiel. We're all in pieces, dried out all over the place. And the last thing the enemy wants to hear, wants those bones to hear, is, "Oh ye dry bones, live! And they start to move. The enemy will panic. He'll freak out. If we come in here and start praying and really praying and crying out to God, the enemy would panic if some of his plans make our list. No, not that one. No, no, not that one. Not that one. That one's almost complete. And we shred it like a paper shredder prayer. All His plans. Do you understand? Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 14, says, when you finally see the devil, you're going to go, him? Him? Made the worlds to tremble? That's all puny. He's kind of like that Wizard of Oz character, remember? And they pull the thing back, and he's about this big, pulling all the whistles and because the enemy knows we walk by this and this and not by this. So all he's got to do is roar, and we panic and we run. Or put line prints around your door. And knows you'll buy more bolts, close them in the shutters, put down when God's calling you to go out. Okay, so it's eat about ten after eight. You have lion hunting time now. And if you're sitting around thinking, lion, I, I, we don't have any lions. And, well, come talk to me. I'll point some out. Because we all do. We all have issues and flaws, cracks that the enemy's gotten into. And God wants to move in His... You know, understand God wants to move in His power. And these last days are, that are pathetic... And God has chosen to do it through the church. Remember Esther? Esther was like, "Man, I don't know if I want to walk into that king's court." And Mordecai, I said, "What? That's the whole reason why you think you were picked because you're so beautiful. This is why you were picked. You're a Jew, and you have the understanding, the mind of Christ. You have what you understand what's going on. You didn't win some beauty contest. You're here to save the Jews." And he goes, let me tell you something, Esther. If you don't do it, God will deal with you, but he'll raise up another to take your place. She went, pray for me, fasted, and went in and saved the Jews from destruction. This is what we're talking about. That type of power. Let's start taking the authority that we were given by God. The authority comes from God that lives in us, backed by His power and His Word. Let's start taking authority over these ungodly situations in our lives, or these ungodly habits. Start taking authority, true authority, and praying for our nation. Not haphazardly, Lord, bless you, I'm about ready to go to sleep, amen. Taking time and coming together. What did Christ tell us about His house? It's not a house of preaching. So for me to wind up shorter than normal and break tradition and oh my, and spend time prayer, maybe God's finally going. Finally, let's stand. You can cut down some more lights, please. Call unto God. Call unto Him. Call unto God. Start off worshiping, singing, but call unto God. Kill that in you which is telling you this is silly. This is dumb. No, it's not silly. Did Pastor Bender's text sounded silly? Please, my church is dying. Please pray. Did the letter that that pastor wrote sound silly? They're doing unspeakable things to me, but I will never give up. Does the life of your son or daughter that's gone awry, gone astray, seeming like getting further away, would it seem silly to see the mother begging and crying out to God? Woe be to the one that would think so. Ready, Michael.